Welcome to the Liberated Latina Podcast, where we talk all things mindset, personal growth, spirituality, and business to live our most fulfilled and liberated lifestyles. I'm your host, Daisy Lopez, a former burnt-out financial services consultant turned mindset and business coach. I believe that we have a greater calling in life than just clocking in and out of a job and living for the weekends. So if you're ready, grab your cafecito because your liberation starts right now. Hola mujeres, welcome back to the Liberated Latina podcast. Welcome to our first guest interview of the second season of this podcast. I'm so excited. Today we have Carla Santa Maria on the podcast. She is a first generation immigrant born in Honduras, raised in Miami. What's up, 305? She is a diversity, equity, and inclusion practitioner and a confidence and success coach. And for years, she's been guiding family and friends through major transitions and life milestones. And she helps them navigate those changes with purpose and resolve so they can be set up for success. So in this episode, I'm so honored that she came on because we talked about pivoting powerfully. And I've just gone through a major pivot in my business, but I know over the past couple of years, a lot of you maybe have gone through other life pivots. And I think that knowing how to navigate these life changes, no matter the circumstance, no matter what's going on, and navigating these changes powerfully and with confidence is so important and it's going to drastically change the quality of your life, of your business, all of the above. So I'm so excited for us to dive into this episode. I hope you enjoy. All right, welcome to the first guest episode of the Liberated Latina podcast, part two, season two. I am so excited to kick off this first interview with you, Carla, because specifically the topic I think is so powerful. And we're specifically going to be going into pivoting with power, pivoting powerfully. And Lord knows your girl has gone through quite a big of a pivot myself. Um, and it was a big reason why I had stepped away from the podcast. So this is just so pertinent. And I know that so many other people, whether it's because of the pandemic, whether it's because just other things happening in their life, they're being faced with a pivot and a change in their life. So this is, I know this is going to be such a, a valuable and powerful conversation. And I'm really thankful that you made the time to come on here. Thank you. I appreciate it. And thanks for having me. I didn't realize I was going to... Um kick off, you know, be your first guest, guest speaker, and then, you know, kick off this, like you said, you know, Liberated Latina part two um, with this conversation. I'm excited uh, to talk about it because it is um, pertinent to, to a lot, you know, and I, I think that whether we realize it or not, whether intentional or not, a lot of us have pivoted or are currently needing to pivot. And it's like, all right, what do I do? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Totally. I want to start off with opening up the floor for you to share a little bit about your story because we've connected offline through a connection call. So I have a I have the privilege of knowing a little bit of context. But for everybody listening, when we talk about pivoting powerfully, what are the personal connections that you have to that? What are some of the the changes that you've made either professionally, personally, and what are some of those experiences that that you've gone through? that have given you some really tactical things that we can do that you're going to share about in a little bit when we're faced with pivots and pivoting powerfully. Yes, of course. I'm happy to share. And so 
I guess to, you know, to give listeners a little bit of context, I am a Honduran-born Miami girl. <laughs> so yes. um, definitely, yes, definitely 305 till I die, although I recently moved to Broward County. <laughs> um, so it's okay. You're still 305. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so that was sort of like my latest pivot, but I'll get to that in a minute. Um, you know, growing up, I always wanted to be an educator. Like I, I know, actually, I didn't know that word. I always wanted to be a teacher. Because that's what I, you know, that's what I was good at. That's what I always did. Like in my church, I have three sisters. I taught my younger sister, if who's only two and a half years younger than me, I taught her to read in Spanish at like seven. I was seven, you know, so I've always wanted to, to be a teacher. So I think my, my very first pivot that I can recall me personally doing something intentional was, um, you know, after I got my associates, I had the privilege of doing an internship with the Congressional Hispanic Caucus Institute in Washington, D.C. And at the time, I didn't even know, like, who my U.S. representative was. I didn't know who my senator was. Like, I'd heard some names and I heard some things, but I had no idea. Like, I promise you, I only applied to that internship because it said paid internship in D.C. I was like, okay. Sign me up. <laughs> Right. Um, so I, you know, I was on track. I, I was in college studying um, communication disorders. So still going to be in, in the classroom. I always wanted to work with kids, not quite so much as a teacher, but, you know, definitely still in an educational setting. At least that's what I envisioned. And then I, I went to D.C. and my entire world expanded. You know, like I just I realized, whoa, this is there is so much opportunity to make a difference beyond the four walls of the classroom. And I want to, I don't necessarily know how, but I want to, I know that I can't be like, I know I need to, at the time, I remember writing this in my journal um, that I wanted to expand my sphere of influence. Um, and I haven't, haven't thought about that phrase in a while, but it's interesting that, you know, seven or eight years ago, whenever <laughs> that time in my life was, I, I knew that I wanted to have an influence beyond the small group of kids that you can, you know, teach and reach at a time. So, you know, and I, and, and so that included me like changing my major, you know, I, I started studying sociology and Latin American studies. I, um, I, it was, it was a pivot in not just like my academic trajectory, but kind of how I envisioned my life and going from this sort of very, Limited, and you know, nothing against educators, nothing against being in the classroom. Um, but I realized that I was, I needed to, to see things in a more macro level, you know. So, so that was my first intentional pivot that, that I can recall that I think has sort of shaped, um, you know, the, the last eight years of my life. Um, and so that was a really beautiful moment. First of all, shout out to CHCI, amazing, <laughs> you know, friends that I made, I still talk today. Um, and again, it really showed me the power of being surrounded by other Latinos, surrounded by, um, by people who are dedicated to making a difference at a macro level. I had had the beautiful and blessed opportunity to know people who wanted to make a difference at a micro level and an individual level. But this really was the first time that my eyes were open to the difference that I can, I can personally have, um, you know, in a larger sphere of influence, I guess, to use my own words. So that really was um, a pivot. And I remember being very nervous to tell my parents I was changing my major. And, 
I just, I remember thinking like, this is, this is not something bad. Why am I so scared? <laughs> um, but I think it was because they could understand speech therapy, but I could barely understand sociology. I could barely understand public policy. So how could I explain it to them? <laughs> you know? And so anyway, so that was, uh, I want to say 2014. Fast forward a couple of years, I've graduated from college. Um, I started um, a new role in, at the University of Miami. I was um, I was just experiencing a lot of things and I was experiencing a lot of things in my personal life. I was going through a lot of um, personal turmoil. I mentioned that a lot of my experiences teaching and, and you know having that influence was through my church. So I was raised Mormon and um, right around 2015 and 2016, I started just questioning some of the things that I was seeing around me and questioning some of the, the things that I had just accepted without questioning them before, you know, um, and I was not necessarily comfortable. I was having like a lot of internal turmoil and a, a lot of trying to figure out, is this something that I am choosing for myself? And at the time I didn't, it was kind of scary to think about it that way because I thought, well, if I choose to leave Mormonism, I'm going to go to hell, <laughs> you know? So it was very, it was beyond life or death choices. It was like eternity choices. Um, and so, you know, and that, those sort of like doubts and, and feelings and, and trying to find my place in the world and trying to be conscious about what I accepted into my life, what I accepted into my belief system versus what I didn't accept that lasted for a couple of years. And uh, yeah, so then it was around 2017. Unfortunately, I had a really um, like awful experience with somebody who was in my congregation, and uh, you know it was it was culminating in this um, in in this moment that I was basically you know like I, this man had been like following me around, and it was it was awful. But I I was raised to be uh, very devout, and I wanted to honor that, and because I always speak my truth. I refused to, you know, to leave this setting just because somebody was making me uncomfortable. I thought, no, what do I have to leave? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm going to stay here. Um, but anyway, like it, it was, it ended up, it was actually like a really traumatic moment in which I felt that nobody had my back and this person was harassing me. And, and I, I realized that I didn't feel safe in that environment. So I didn't feel physically safe. So even though I had been experiencing a lot of internal, like intellectual and emotional turmoil, when my physical safety became uh, threatened, I decided to step back. And let me tell you that like stepping back from, at least for me, from like the faith that I had had for so long did not feel good. I was still having the same doubts, the same internal conversations, the same internal turmoil that I'd had for over two years, but then all of a sudden it was visible to everybody else. And so that was a marked change. And that was, you know, that put a lot of social pressure on me, especially because nobody else knew that I had been feeling that way for two years. And they all thought, oh, Carla left church because of that guy. And, <laughs> and I hate, that narrative oh my god like I still to this day even hearing that the fact that some people think of me like that I would make a major life decision based on the actions of some guy no <laughs> I'm sorry no, no. like it's you not know me <laughs> yeah it's like no 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 
Um, so anyway, whatever. The point is, after after that, so I was very much in deep turmoil. And uh, I remember one day just realizing, you know what? If the God that I was raised to believe in really knows my heart and really knows my soul, then he will know why I have to step away. And so that moment brought me so much peace. And that's how I knew I was doing the right thing. Like that feeling of peace that came from finally making a choice after two and a half years of, you know, of, of doubts, two and a half years of turmoil. And I mean, don't get me wrong, just because I felt peace at that moment does not mean that the next process of disaffiliating from a large religious organization was easy, but I know it was the right thing to do because of that peace that I felt and that peace that I still feel to this day. And so that was one of the most pivotal moments in my life in terms of my my personal life, um, because it was, I mean, first of all, it was traumatic to be stalked. Like police were involved, like I was crying. I was telling all my like grad school professors, oh my God, please walk me to class. So yes, that was horrible, awful, would not recommend it to anyone. Um, but also just like who I am and like my values and choosing for myself and choosing what I believe and how I act and why I'm kind to others from a personal level rather than from an institution telling me to do it. It really is... Um, comes from within. And I think that that's where our power comes um, and comes in. So that's a major, you know, like personal transition and then brings me <laughs> to sort of my most current pivots. Um, I have a lot of experience in education. As I said, I've been an educator, not necessarily a teacher, but I was in higher ed for six years and in K through 12 for five years prior to that. And so last little bit, I guess last spring. So I want to say March of 2021, I decided to leave higher ed, which was crazy because I, I never thought I would leave education. You know what I mean? And so I decided to, to leave higher ed and to pursue a career in diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is something that I'd been doing over the last, you know, decade of my career, but I was doing it, um, now I get to do it more purposefully. And so I, I was doing that. And then I also launched my coaching business. Um, and it's been, <laughs> and then I also moved to Broward, you know, so it's been a, a, a very pivotal, pivotal summer. Um, but again, it's, you know, the importance of like grounding myself and being at a place in my life where I get to work the macro level in my DEI, you know, in my DEI work and I also get to work the micro at the individual at the personal level with my coaching practice oh my gosh there's so many juicy things that I want to that I want to pinpoint thank you so much first of all I know that you know with everything that you shared and and with traumatic experiences like that I don't take for granted that you're really sharing that with the audience and I know it's never comfortable or easy. So I, first of all, just want to thank you for bringing that here because while that, like, that was a truly, and you mentioned it, I physically did not feel safe, right? Like I was really Mm -hmm. in a, in an actual environment where I was not safe and you were, it's like you, you physically outside of you didn't feel safe, but also that caused a lot of internal dis-ease, 
right? And mm-hmm. when I think about pivots, and I love that you just like mentioned all the pivots that you've gone through at all, at all these different capacities, personal, professionally, like moving to Broward, right? Because <laughs> what I what I know to be true about changing courses, and especially for you know women of color, for Latinas, when we're really breaking the mold and breaking away from what we're expected to do and what we were brought up to believe that is our place to do, right? It does even if it's not at the extent that you experience that trauma of being stalked and having boundaries crossed, even if it's leaving a corporate job, even if it's you know pivoting into a new area of your business and it really activates so much fear and it, it really shakes up. It's almost like an identity crisis. Yes. You're like, who am I? <laughs> oh, yes. Right? It's like, who am I if I'm not doing this? Who am I if I'm not in this, you know, in this organization? Who am I if I'm not in this in this corporate career? And it these these pivots, and and I know it's it's such a big part of life, obviously. But for me, those bigger pivots, like leaving corporate and um, even this this business pivot, it shakes up your nervous system to such an extent that you're balancing the logistical aspects of that shift, but you're also dealing with the emotional identity shifts that are happening. And you're, it's almost like you're rediscovering yourself and your self-concepts, who you've been up until this point is changed. Yeah. Like it's, it's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I want to ask you, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm saying, I'm, I'm so glad that you, that you said that because it's, I think that's one of the most important things is like the stories that we tell about ourselves, like who we feel that we are when we are, um, you know what I mean? Like if we need to let go of who we were so that we can embrace who we are becoming. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Oh, I want to sit with that for a second. Oh, that gave me chills. Totally. Yeah. And I want to, what I wanted to ask you was, when we are in that position, how do we, how do we navigate? And I'm going to use the term that you use, because I think that's actually a really great term grounded, right? You're going through all of these pivots and you still felt grounded. What, how do we do that? Like, how would you recommend that to somebody who is pivoting and they feel like their self-concept, their identity has, is really being shaken and they kind of feel like they're in this whirlwind of, of the change. How do they find that groundedness? How can they really reconnect to that confidence and that power? That is such a good question because it's such an important first step. You know what I mean? Like it's finding, again, reconnecting with who you are is the key to pivoting powerfully. You know what I mean? So, so I think for me, I mean, I journal, as I've, I've mentioned, I write this down, but people don't have to write this down. I mean, it, it helps to write things down. So I'm going to recommend that your listeners write this down. Just sit down and think for a minute, you know, pause and reflect and then start writing. What is important to you? Who, you know, like, what are the things that matter to you? Why are you uncomfortable in this situation that, you know, that is making you so uncomfortable that you want to pivot? What do you hope to get? You know what I mean? And just whatever answers you get, just question them. 
You know what I mean? And it's like, well, what is it about, you know, this corporate environment that is making me unhappy? You know, what is it? It's like, all right, well, my hours are too long. Well, what is it about having long hours that is making you unhappy? It's like, I don't get to spend enough time, you know, I'm always tired and I, I don't get to spend time doing things I love. All right, what is it about that? And then so, you know, eventually just question what it is because maybe that's when you realize that, hey, what I actually want is time to spend with my family. What I want is time to read. What I want is time freedom. And this corporate job is preventing me from having it. You know what I mean? And so sitting down and writing and just free writing, I highly recommend that to anyone who may be listening, like it's, it's such a, um, a release. And then in, you know, that stream of consciousness can help you, you know, can help you tap into whatever, um, into your truest self, you know what I mean? Like into, in these thoughts that you wouldn't necessarily have the time. Like if you're walking down the street and you're listening to music or there's stimuli and there's like cars honking, you know, or you are trying to get, you know, trying to do all your housework and trying to work out and trying to have a social life and trying to do everything and you're running back and forth. And then we don't really have time to figure out why we're doing these things. You know what I mean? So in order to ground yourself, I definitely um, recommend that you folks carve out the time to listen to themselves, because guess what? We all have a little voice inside of our head that's telling us that something is wrong. And I ignored mine for two and a half years. You know what I mean? And it culminated in me literally running, running and crying to my car, you know? And there was an external factor in that situation. Um, But you know what? When I decided to leave higher ed, I was also running too. I wasn't running, I'm sorry. I was also crying. (laughs) And so like, I was just sitting there crying, crying, crying. Um, I cry a lot, as you can tell. Oh, same. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Um, but it's because I had been ignoring that voice inside of my head for so long. And so I sat down and asked, why am I unhappy right now? And what I'm trying to pivot, like, I don't necessarily know what the next step is to take, but this is how I want want to feel. I want to wake up in the morning excited about what I'm doing. I want to wake up in the morning and know that I can use my time however I want. I want to wake up in the morning and know that I'm making a difference in the world. I want to wake up, you know what I mean? So like, so, so do these reflection activities to help you find what it is that is causing you to be unhappy and to want to pivot and what it is that you hope to get out of, that you get out of the situation. Oh my gosh. I was never a journal person. I had diaries growing up or whatever, but I don't know how I ever got through anything. <laughs> without journaling and I know some people they're more they want to visualize right but it's it's really such an important tool to let yourself declog everything that's that's distracting you because you're right it's it becomes really easy with everything and now we have our phones perpetually at our side it's like distractions are always around us and if we don't take a time take the time to ground ourselves in what's present right now and what's really true for us then it's really hard to to feel number one grounded, but also become more comfortable in who we are, no matter what changes externally. And I I thought of something when you were speaking, because 
when we think of when we're faced with a choice to pivot and to change to to make that life change or to make that career change i think that there's a misconception that if it's the right choice everything will just be easy and aligned <laughs> oh it's only right <laughs> yeah i wish i wish but you know what I'm saying? I think, and, and I, I'm going to out myself. I think that I, I definitely bought into that, you know, Disney world fantasy a little bit that, oh, but if this pivot is really right for me, and if I make this choice, and if I take this leap, then everything will just align because if it's aligned, then everything's supposed to be easy and just work out perfectly. And I write off in the sunset. Right. But how do you, what would you say because the fact of the matter is, is that even when we pivot and it is in line with, with who we're really want, who we're really trying to become. And when it is in line with our truth, it still is hard. And I, and I know you mentioned that a little bit in your story, like it's, yes, I had peace, but it was so hard. And I think that people tend to take that as proof as to why they should turn back. So what would you say to people so that they can they can really decipher between that Disneyland type of version mm-hmm. of pivoting where everything is just supposed to be easy and align, but also not take it as evidence that they made the wrong decision or that they need to turn back. Does that make sense? Yes. So basically navigating obstacles and how do you know if this is something that you should navigate versus this is like a sign that you should seek something else, right? Boom. Um, Thank you. So I I like something you said, Ken, you know, I'm gonna have to go back and listen to this because you said something beautiful, you know, it's like something about who we are inside. Um, I always like looking back, I, it's easy for me to realize that I left Mormonism for all the reasons that I had stayed in Mormonism, like who we are, my values were the same. I just realized that I was not necessarily aligned with this um, institution that I was a part of. Um, And so First of all, once you're grounding yourself, take the time to find your values, take the time to know what is important to you, take the time to understand that no matter your situation in life, your values, the things that you hold to be important, they're going to be with you, you know? And so usually by the time we hit our 20s, those things really um, tend to be cemented. Um, So once you know that and you're on your journey and you're facing obstacles, Think about how you would feel in 10 years. You know, like if in 10 years, am I going to regret not figuring this out? Or in 10 years, am I going to be happy that I let this go? And so feeling that, you know, and take the time to find that answer for yourself. Am I going to regret, you know, let you know am I going to regret figuring it out yes or no you know what I mean and so because I think that that deep down speaks to our values that deep down speaks to our passions that deep down speaks to whether we are committed to it and like you know if it's our dream or if it's somebody else's dream because if we're trying to figure something out and it's so funny because I, I have like the silliest example. But when I was at a freshman in college, the Blake Shelton was having a free concert on the beach the day before I had a final. <laughs> yeah, this is like 
a decade ago. I don't think they do those concerts anymore. Um, and I remember thinking, what am I going to, um, you know, am I going to regret going to this concert and potentially getting a B instead of an A on my, on my final? Or am I going to regret missing the concert so that I could get an A? You know, and I was like, no, I'm going to in 10 years. And you know what? Hey, it's been 10 years. And guess what? I very much love the fact that I went to the concert instead of the fact that I stayed at home studying. <laughs> and so when, you know, and it's not always so simple, you know what I mean? Like sometimes we really are looking at challenges um, and they can have bigger consequences. But think about how you would feel in 10 years if you gave up right now versus think about how you would feel in 10 years if, if you figured it out, you know? And so what excites you more or are you, you know what I mean? But on the other hand, so that's how you should know if you should keep going. On the other hand, if you think about how you would feel if you let this obstacle, if you let this go, and that brings you peace instead of regret, you know what I mean? Then that's the key. Like, like because even if you can't necessarily articulate what it is about this that is causing you all this distress. If the idea of letting it go brings you peace, then let it go. <laughs> you know? um, but again, if the idea of looking back and having figured it out brings you joy, then figure it out. I loved that. Like that is worth money, what you just said. Because when we think about and when we put it in the perspective of 10 years from now, we're really tapping into our future self. And when we tap into our future self, that's the version of us that has the wisdom. That's the version of us that already has what we are currently trying to get to. And this is something that I usually tell my clients is that trying to push ourselves to get the answers in this current state is sometimes really hard. It's like trying to tell the forest from the trees, but if we can zoom forward and say, if I'm in that position and I have everything that I desire and I look back, what would I tell myself? Would I say to keep going or would I say to let this go? And it's also so powerful because then that's really where we can decipher where we're making moves out of fear or where we're making moves out of power. Exactly. Are we letting fear win and get the better of us? And yeah, I just, I... I love that. That is such a powerful piece of advice. And when we think about pivoting powerfully, I think the real, the real headline here is you pivot powerfully when you can decipher between fear and your power. Yes. Oh, I love that. I'm going to write that down and I'm going to repeat it. You know, <laughs> you pivot powerfully when you can decipher between, you know, acting out of fear or acting with power. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is so juicy. So is there any, is there any other process or concrete steps? If somebody is not even making that, if somebody's still on the fence, right? What are, what are, what is a process or what are tools or resources that you would recommend so that they can continue to stay grounded in their strengths as they pivot? Because it's also a matter of like, our brain sometimes freaks out when we're pivoting because it doesn't have evidence of who we are on the other side. So when we think about our strengths, 
it's like, well, I don't know because I haven't done it yet. Like I don't have any, any memory. I don't have any memories or evidence that I can do this. And I think that's where we start calling into question our power. Right. So what would you say about that? Um, So it's interesting that you say the word evidence because I, um, you know, through my, my coaching business, I have um, a reflection guide. It's a really quick one pager It's called evidence of success uh, reflection guide. And it is a tool used to help anyone code their strengths, you know, help them find their strengths, help them see that, Hey, you actually do have the skills to do it. So for example, and I, I always think about, you know, um, this large event that I, um, that I did for my, my previous role. Um, and I think about that because it was the very first event that I did in that job, you know, and I, okay, so that this event was successful. So this reflection guide and, you know, you don't have to buy the reflection guide. I'll, I'll walk you through it. <laughs> um, it's think about, think about an area, um, you know, of right now that you're trying to succeed in. So this is maybe in your, um, in your coaching practice, you're trying to maybe leave a corporate job, or maybe you're trying to, to scale up your business or whatever the case may be. Think about an area in that domain, like a specific concrete event that you know was successful. So maybe it was your first group coaching it was successful. Or honestly, maybe it was your second because your first was not, (laughs) you know? So it was a time in which you leveled up and you did your group coaching successfully. All right. And so write down the things that made that experience successful. It's like, all right, well, I was able to recruit, you know, 10 coaches. I needed the 10 coaches, you know, all 10 coaches finished the program. I got positive feedback, you know, um, there was transformation you know, I learned a lot, you know, so every single thing that you can remember, at least five, but the more the merrier, but definitely at least five. And five is an important number in that it forces you to go back. Usually in short-term memory, we can only list like three pieces of information, sometimes four, but by forcing yourself to write at least five things about that specific event that were successful, you are tapping into your subconscious and seeing what it is that you valued about this experience and why it was successful. And then the next thing is for everything that you, every single thing that you listed, list five. Um, all right. So for example, you know, you know, filled or recruited the event to capacity. All right. So what skills did you use to do that? All right. I networked. I created social media posts. I, um, I did email follow-up. I did email marketing. So list, again, five skills that helped you do the achieve the element of that event or of that launch or of that experience that was successful. Because now what you have is this sort of tree where at the top you have an experience that was successful. You have at least five ways that, you know, five different ways in which that experience was successful. And for each of those five ways that the experience was successful, you have five skills that helped you make that a reality. And so here's the thing, though. It doesn't have to be necessarily five different skills. Maybe you're looking at your thing and there's, you know, you, you, you have to write down at least 25 things and you see a skill that's there six or seven times, you know, and it's like, oh, look, that's my strength. I am really good at thinking on the spot. 
I am really good at, um, you know, critical thinking or critical reflection or individual one-on-one, or I'm really great at follow-up, or I'm really great at X, Y, or Z. And so the more that you do this, the more, and, and, you know, and that's the power that you can do it, you can get from doing that one time, you know? And so maybe you're going from group coaching to speaking at a in-person retreat for the weekend, but guess what? You don't have to go there unprepared because you can look at your evidence of success and look at the skills that you have that you can bank on, that you can rely on to help you succeed. I love that. I've never heard of, I've never heard of it broken down in that way, but I love that it, you make it so simple and it makes total sense the way that it flows. Thank you. So before I ask you where people can find you, because obviously you got such, you have such juicy knowledge on this and you have amazing resources to support people. Is there anything else that you want to share to the audience about pivoting with power and really taking hold of your confidence, even as things get a little cray, even as we make really empowered decisions that may activate certain people. Is there anything else on your heart that you would like to share? Uh, two things, I think. Yeah, the one thing, the first thing is, and I'm, I'm sure that you know your audience listening already knows this, but mindset, uh, yes. So two things come to mind. The first thing, I'm sure your audience is already familiar with this, but it bears repeating because it's so important. Your mindset is probably the most important tool you have, whether you, you know, and I know that this is kind of cliche, like whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're probably right. Um, but it's quote unquote cliche because it's resonated with so many people because it's true. Because the minute that you decide that you can do something, you will be able to. It may not necessarily be easy, but if you, you know what I mean, if, if you code your strengths and if you go through everything that we've talked about, you will be able to, to pivot powerfully. And the second thing, and this is really my closing thought, is an obstacle is only a dead end if you decide that it is. Oh, girl, yes. It doesn't have to be the end until you claim it the end. Exactly. Right. And I love that you mentioned that because I can think back to so many times where I think it's really easy for us to collect evidence against ourselves, right? Because it's it's the, our way to keep ourselves safe. And it's it's our brain doing what it does best. And it's, let me keep you safe. Let me keep you small. Let me keep you over here. Not out there doing your damn thing because that's scary. Right. But so often it's like, we can, we can either take in the evidence as this, I can't do it. Or you can take in the evidence as I'm learning and I'm growing and I'm putting all bets on myself and I can do this. Like, this is all shaping me. This is all molding me. This is all making me stronger and transforming that into good evidence that it's actually going to support your case yeah. versus yeah. trying to collect evidence against yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the thing that I love about this evidence of success, you know, whether you're doing it on your own, whether you're doing it through my reflection guide, whether you're doing it in my workshop, is that it's written down. And, you know, it's, it's so easy to leave a coaching session on top of the world. 
and then go out and fall on our faces and not know how to pick ourselves up. Well, guess what? Go get your journal, go get your evidence of success and read it to yourself and remind yourself of the bad bitch that you really are. Yes. Remind yourself who the F you are. That, that, that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's the podcast. Yeah. All right, Carla, where can they find you? Um, I am mostly on Instagram at coached by Carla. I'm also on Facebook and on Twitter. Still trying to understand TikTok. I think I just outed myself as an elder millennial, <laughs> but yeah, definitely on Instagram and all the links are in my bio. Um, so, you know, any cool things I have going on, um, you know, all my lives, all my events, um, that's all on Instagram. Cool. Thank you so much, Carla. This was such a powerful conversation and I'm really grateful that you took the time to come on and I can't wait for people to go find you on Insta and stalk you on all the things. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I look forward to it. Let me know, you know, if, if you know, you find me, let me know that you found me through the Liberated Latina podcast. Yes. All right, everybody. Until next time. Hey, amiga. Thanks for hanging out with me today. I'd love to feature your review live on the air on the next episode. Yes. All you got to do is head on over to iTunes, drop a review, and let me know what you're most enjoying about the podcast. También, be sure to subscribe to get first word when a fresh episode drops. Your support means so much to me, and I can't wait to share more with you on the next episode. See you then.